everyone. Susan Finch here with Rooted in Revenue on the Funnel Radio Network. And today my guest is Teresa Huber. She is the CEO of Get ADA Accessible. And I know those that term means a lot of different things to different people, depending on what your business is, what your needs are, who you hang out with. And we're going to talk about primarily web accessibility. Teresa, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. And you gave me some information, and I'm wondering if that's what inspired your business, that you yourself have a hearing disability. Absolutely, yes. So tell me, how is that what led to your founding this company? Part of it, we had some clients come to us, a school corporation requiring accessibility on the school corporation's website and the 16 schools. You know, it was a brand new thing to me several years ago. Looking deeper, took training and just started rolling from there. So we remediated that school corporation and built a couple more school corporations. And it's with the hearing, my hearing issue, I understand, of course, the frustration people with disabilities can have on the internet. You don't really think about them until you know you come across them. Right, and it isn't just hearing. It's not just for hearing people. People with low vision or blind and people who can't use their hands or whatever their disability is, they use assistive technology. Or people with low, uh, low eyesight and blind, they generally use a screen reader. And a screen reader, you know, they use their keyboard to navigate a, a web page. And if the coding isn't in the web page correctly, then their assistive technology, their screen reader, doesn't read the page correctly, which doesn't give them a good experience. My experience in the past when I first started building websites was for the city of Anaheim. And this is back in the late 90s, and that became a high priority for them before it was required to be compliant. Before people started complaining, they had to make everybody feel welcome. That included tabbing through things, you know, does it go in the right order? Are they able to increase the size of the font based on their needs? Do they have that control? And that became a very important factor for developing sites. And that was way back before we developed using style sheets and using other technolo technologies and code writing that we do today. Now with a city, in a school, as you started out with, it's required. It has mm -hmm. to be done because it's a legal issue. But for companies, the sad thing is many, many times I hear, I don't need that. That's not our audience. I know that's not our audience. It's okay if we don't quite do that so well. You know, we want to spend it somewhere else. How often do you hear that? What has happened is, of course, in 1990, when the ADA was put into law by George Bush, the internet wasn't what it what it is. But since then, there has been many, many lawsuits, even for businesses. Part of what you do is you educate people and you educate companies on what they might believe is true versus what they need to know is true. Exactly. And in some of your documentation, you talk about the accessibility levels. Can you cover those for me or for the audience? All accessibility is the recommendations and the guidelines were created by WCAG, which is a consortium worldwide, international, same guidelines. And within the WCAG, there's three levels of accessibility. There's level A, which is the lowest level. It doesn't give the full functionality to a website. There's level AA, which is what we always shoot for. It's a great level and it works with assistive technologies. And then there's AAA, 
which is extremely difficult to to get to. It, it requires a whole lot of such as a sign language interpreter versus having uh, just closed captions or a transcription available. So it's it's top level. It's something that people could aspire to, but at level AA, that meets the accessibility needs of those who are disabled. Statistically, I know it varies by website to website and industry to industry, but why do people, why do companies think it doesn't really matter? What is the percentage that you run across on average of those that would benefit from an ADA site? Well, I think a lot of companies, of course, they're looking at the cause versus what they'll get out of it. In our society, I would like to hope that people want to include everyone. And if they knew that they were covered under the ADA, just like they are if they have a brick and mortar store, such as having a a wheelchair ramp or the bathrooms and things like that, and the percentage of people who have disabilities and the amount of money that they have to spend on the internet, it's pretty presumptuous to think that that is not part of a target market. It could be people such as me with a hearing issue or an engineer with dyslexia. There's so many different disabilities that if you mess all of those people, you are messing a pretty good chunk of your your target market. You bring up an interesting point with dyslexia. Some people don't even realize that they have it, for one thing. Exactly. <laughs> they just don't do well with numbers. <laughs> or they right. don't do well with certain letters. Or, I mean, yeah. I can, I can yeah. attest to that. And not realizing the difference until you look at these things side by side. Like, oh, man, that would have been a lot easier to navigate through. <laughs> and you even said that, you know, an initial audit for, you know, a typical site, which means I would say a very robust corporate type of site with handouts and forms and different things. You say it's about $2,100 for the evaluation. And I bet a lot of those things, they could even implement themselves. Yeah. And, and what we hope to do in an initial audit is we go, we go through a website and look at dynamic pages, websites today Mm-hmm. are created you know with with template pages or through CSS and things like that once that is taken care of and the website is coded then you've got the content and the content being images with alt tags and documents that must be accessible as well because of course cited uh, people with sight disabilities use a screen reader to read a PDF so the PDFs and Word documents and all those kind of things have to be um, accessible too. And we give uh, sources for training for people who will update their website. And we also monitor websites. If, even if they're already accessible, we can monitor those monthly um, and give reports on if changes have been, ta- have been made that has called the website cause the website not to be accessible anymore. That's regular monitoring. That is a good service. Mm -hmm. Most of us know when you get new team members or there's turnover or a new project or somebody that was just assigned, oh, you take over this part of the site, they might not be aware or have gone through the training. Do you train teams as well? Well, we have resources for training that we refer them to. We have discussed, Mike and I have discussed um, 
creating our own training for those people. But it's always, it's not to go in and code a website, that kind mm -hmm. of training. The, the training that we, we like to see happen is for people who are putting up new content. And like you said, we found in schools that there's computer classes and the teacher will have the students uploading images or blog posts or those kind of, and of course every year that changes. Right. So it's just a matter of some recorded training, perhaps to run somebody through before they take over the task of picking up someone else's position of a, the accessibility person within the company. I've found for my, my clients, I do a lot of training, video training libraries for that exact reason, that high turnover, whether it's interns, lower level people or expansion. Nobody wants to spend the time to teach and you don't want to forget something. Mm -hmm. that in the instance of accessibility can cost your company. It can cost you a lawsuit. It can cost you business, your reputation, and mm -hmm. you can lose all sorts of certifications and things. You know, think about medical, you think about real estate even, where more and more contracts and things are being signed, you know, through phones. Mm -hmm. And if all of that isn't compliant and your vendors aren't compliant, you might be, but if you're working with a third party vendor, they might not be. Right. And that still comes back on you. Right. And that's under the, the Rehabilitation Act, the Section 508 and 504, like we talked about earlier. There's companies who work, they may not be government and fall underneath one of those sections, but if they're working with a government agency, then they are required as well. And even if they don't fall under that, then they fall right back into the ADA. The ADA just encompasses everything, every business. So we're going to take a break here. A little word from our sponsors. We will be right back. This is Susan Finch with Rooted in Revenue on the Funnel Radio Network. And my guest today is Teresa Huber. We'll be back in a minute. For those of you who are overwhelmed with your marketing and content to-do list, there is help on the way. You can let Susan Finch, our host, lighten your load. Creating strategic, thoughtful solutions to time shortage problems in marketing, connecting, building, sharing all the tasks that you dread. She can take your one piece of content and help you use it nine different ways while you keep doing what you do best, which is probably selling or designing or putting your business together. If you have the time, she can help you create your content engagement plan, too, and you pick and choose what you want to do. It's a menu of options. Some of her favorite tasks for clients include things like video training libraries for the most common tasks you have, those tasks that you're tired of training people to do over and over again. How about branding and logo packages? Everybody's interested in that. Or the one I'm always intrigued by, site thin-out and update. When's the last time you took a weed whacker to your site or updated it with new information? She can also do social media posting. She can plan and produce your podcast. Her mantra is very simple. Create, inspire, inspire, advocate, ignite, and then repeat. If that's a formula you'd like to put into effect in your business, there's only one place to go to, SusanFinch.com. Check it out, Susan Finch. everybody Susan Finch here back with Rooted in Revenue on the Funnel Radio Network and my guest today is Teresa Huber she is the CEO of Get ADA Accessible and what I'm going to ask her now we've been talking about what has led up to the founding of her company what it means to be ADA compliant on your websites 
And let's talk about some basic tips, Teresa. Where should they go first for the quickie evaluation before they hire a professional like your team to see how bad is it? (laughs) (laughs) Where they stand at the moment. Yeah. There are a lot of tools that can do a scan just to kind of tell how many errors are on a web page. There's a company called WebAIM in Utah, webaim.com. They have a free scan. It will scan one page at a time. So if they have 50 pages, you know, they would scan each page individually. But that will show them right there how many errors, how many contrast errors, how many on one single page. We have found some people have looked at uh, like a plugin or an overlay to try to put, turn it on when when you need that. But in our experience, it's pretty much a band-aid. So we don't recommend those. We do recommend that the websites be audited because the scan as well doesn't pick up all of the issues. We go through after we scan a website and manually audit a website, the template pages that we've ascertained are the the best. And we will manually audit those with a JAWS screen reader, just like what a person with a disability would have. And that's really the only way to find all the issues within a website. Well, you brought up one point I hadn't thought about. You mentioned the word contrast. Contrast Mm -hmm. in images, contrast in charts. My husband's colorblind. My daughter is too. Subtle differences matter more to one of them than the other. But if I didn't know them, I wouldn't know. Right, right. And this also comes into play with text over an image. It's almost like this hidden message. You know, you can't see it. You've seen those those red green tests where it says, can you read the words in here with all the spots? (laughs) And they can't. They can't. And we don't realize, deal with colors more in design. Even, you know, if you go to the little Adobe color picker tool that you, you can help pick colors and things, but you can add colors that are, have high contrast rather than, reds and greens, which you might think it has high contrast, but a colorblind person says there's gray and gray. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And they can't read any of it. And there are ratios within back to the WCAG that we uh, talked about earlier. There's certain ratios for color contrast too. So even if you think of a white and a blue, the blue may not be deep enough to give the ratio of color contrast. And there are some people who need to get rid of all the color. They have um, their settings on your on your browser that they would already have set up. And so it goes to a black and a very bright yellow, or it goes all to black and white. The, the color contrast can be colors themselves, or the high contrast is a black and white or a black with a bright, bright yellow text and images, the images you really can't even see. And so like we were just talking about with the um, text over the image, like on a banner, sometimes those won't even show up. Another thing I have found with some of my clients of the past is that they would rather not know because they're afraid if they know, it's going to cost them so much. (laughs) Just prefer to, no, don't do that. Don't, no, I don't want to see that. Because once they know, they're responsible to make a change. Is there a way that they can chunk this out? Sure, sure. And you know, we always say uh, accessibility is cheaper than a lawsuit. Not to keep banging on the lawsuit issue, but it truly is. Yes. But what they can do, we can start with a initial audit to show them what the issues are. And if it's in design, we can take the design part of it. Their designer can redesign or our designer can redesign. And then 
the remediation part of it. If they want, if they have developers that they work with, they can remediate their site. But to get to full accessibility, of course, we have to do eventually all of it. The, the colors, the design, the audit, the coding, the documents. But we can take that a, a, a chunk at a time, like you're saying. Sometimes that's what they need to do is budget it out. Some minor things that I try when my clients want to save money or they want to take charge of their website a little bit more and add images. There's some easy things, folks, that you guys can do and get in the habit of and have your whoever contributes to your site get in the habit of. And one of them is to ensure you have alt tags. There's caption, alt tag, description, and name. Those are the four basic tags for an image. And if you guys are using WordPress, you're prompted there to add something. And it's even kind to say image of and then give the description. They know it's an image placeholder, but it's still a nice thing. And your descriptions can, and your alt tags can actually help you in SEO and different things. And your images will come up. So if you're trying to weigh the, if you're trying to weigh the benefit of it, okay, good. You'll get a payback on that there. Does that make you feel better? Just because you don't know anybody with disabilities, do you feel better now? You might get something from it. <laughs> Just do it. Be polite because sometimes we're also loading on our phones and your images take too long to load because they're fat piggy images. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that will take care of it. So I know what I'm missing if I need to say, oh, it's a chart that will explain this article. Oh crud, I got to see that. I mean, and that doesn't even get us into the e-commerce sites. E-commerce sites all need serious descriptions and things. And you have to be able to navigate and you need to be able to find help and you need to find support easily. It's bad enough for people with no disabilities when we can't navigate a site because people hide how to contact them, how to reach them, how to process a problem, how to ask a question. Stop making it so hard, folks. Taking even the disability issue out of it. Sometimes we're just in our heads. We don't have that logic that you think we all do or we're tired of you hiding behind things. Bring it to the front. Make it an easy path. Give us the answers and then start to think of the deeper questions. What about somebody who has, who's visually impaired in any way from colorblindness to cataracts to whatever it is, people with slight hearing disabilities to those that just can't hear a certain range. Think about it in your videos. Think about repetitive noises in your videos, music behind words, very difficult for people with hearing disabilities. Exactly. Very annoying. And all of us that, you know, the boomers too, I missed it by a year. All of those, who, where do we grow up doing? Going to concerts, super loud concerts. And so I have more friends in my age range that all need hearing aids because of the concerts that we went to. Our logic is different than the younger people. So we have to consider all of that as well. Now, boomers and issues with sight, is that an increasing issue? Um, I don't have the statistics on if it's if it's boomers or whatever, but I would assume, you know, the but they are active on the internet, actively buying, actively seeking services and those kind of things. So well I think younger people too, as they are spending my son, we thought he had perfect vision, but he's turned himself into a little gamer boy. And so he's doing a lot more close up than he used to, a lot more intense with the screens and the animations and things. Even though he gets outside, he adventures, but he's spending a lot more intense hours yes. doing that. And I do think that also affects them. Yeah, I, we may end up seeing some of this generation that spends so much screen time. You know, there are special glasses to, to screen out some of the, the harsh colors from a, from a screen. But mm -hmm. I, 
I kind of think that, you know, we may see beyond the boomers. We may start seeing younger. I think younger. And the hearing, I, you know, if my daughter has her pods in and I'm in the car and I can hear them, <laughs> it's a problem and she's doing damage. And it's, it's a difficult thing to explain. Guys, you're, you're ruining your hearing. You're going to lose a range at an early age and it will affect how they can enjoy things. I am deaf in this right ear and the left ear um, is profoundly, you know, profound hearing loss. And before I got these new hearing aids not too long ago, it was um, it was a major struggle with everything. And and I think the kids with their eye with their little ear pods in, they have their own personal huge loud concert going on. Yes. But yes, that, that, I mean that could be part of down the road what they what we find for accessibility as well. One of my dear friends, she had something in her something in her ear that she had to have removed, but she's lost all her hearing in one ear and her other ear is going the same way. And when I speak to her, my voice, I don't have a really high pitch voice, <laughs> but I've had to raise my pitch so she can hear me. And when she goes to concerts, she has to choose based on the style of the singer. Oh, wow. Baritones don't work for her anymore. She can't hear it. But somebody with a high pitch voice, you know, like the the journey cover bands she can do <laughs> technology is fabulous that's the way with with the new hearing aids that i just got that my old ones were five six years old of course technology the next day yes. they, were, they were old technology but these um and it, a hearing person can log into their hearing aid now and adjust those levels like your friend i'm sure where she has an app on her phone to adjust the hearing aids and the, the bass, the treble, whatever they need to hear. And just like right now, I'm talking to you, I have a microphone sitting on my desk, but everything streams right into my ear and the same way with the iPhone. So it's, it's a pretty cool technology. That is. It has changed just in the last five years. You're right. It yeah. has changed. Yeah. And there's some other really, really great things that people are coming out with, like people um, who can't use their hands or whatever reason, maybe you don't even have hands. They have uh, all kinds of devices to use. They can use a stick in their mouth. Um, there's brand new technology that I saw on the other side of the world. They're coming out with um, glass house. It's glasses that they put on and the mouse hangs from there and they use it. They click the mouse with their teeth. Oh, wow. Than, mm -hmm, with their hands. So the technology, um, assistive technologies just keep evolving. And we just have to keep up with technology and, of course, with adding the code to the website. Yeah. It, it will continue to work with all these new technologies coming out. Well, Teresa, we are out of time, but I want people to find you. Where can they go to set up an appointment for an evaluation? We have um, on our contact page on the website, getadaaccessible.com. There's a contact form or a schedule. You can choose a time to schedule a conversation with myself. Terrific. We will have them check you out. Thank you so much for being a guest today. This has been your host, Susan Finch, on the Funnel Radio Network and my show, Rooted in Revenue.